This is Bucket Talk, a weekly podcast for people who work in the trades and construction that aren't just trying to survive, but have the ambition and desire to thrive. The opportunity in the trades and construction is absolutely ridiculous right now. So if you're hungry, it's time to eat. We discuss what it takes to rise from the bottom to the top with people who are well on their way and roll up their sleeves every single day. This is Jeremy and Eric here with Bucket Talk, powered by Brunt. This week, we have Kayla Cummings. Kayla Cummings is a bladesmith from New Hampshire. But before we jump in, Eric, what's been going on? All right. So we just got back from a heck of a few days last week in Nashville. Both Jeremy and I, on behalf of Brunt, went down to Nashville and threw what is called a writer's round with the uh, incredible team here at Brunt. Dylan on our team, who's local there, helped organize it. He's plugged into the scene, had his lovely wife as one of the songwriters and another eight folks. We had nine different folks perform. It's great to see everyone. Um, supporter of the business from early on, Brad Brownfield, who reps the brand and likes what we got going on, actually was, was able to perform at the event. And we had open bar and a lot of fun. Jeremy, why don't you pile on top of what else got on going down there? It was cool. It was uh first time going to Nashville in, in this capacity and man, Broadway was amazing. We were out there, you know, having a few beers, enjoying some music, but it was good to uh, rub elbows. Like Eric said, with some of the early supporters of the business, uh, you know, shout out to Zach over there at quality HVACR, Andrew at cold brew woodworking, Jason Costco, the list goes on, but definitely good conversation, great music. And, uh, Damn, I'm looking forward to to moving to Nashville. <laughs> yes, sir. So thanks to Kayla for joining us for this incredible podcast we're about to get into today. And as a thanks to her um, and for her audience, you can use code BLADE10, B-L-A-D-E-10, for $10 off uh, your next purchase of $60 or more. So thanks, Kayla. Let's dig in. Today, we're here with Kayla Cummings. Kayla comes from New Hampshire. She's a custom knife maker, hunter, survivalist. Kayla, welcome. Oh, thanks for having me on, guys. We're glad to have you on. You have uh, crazy, you know, you got a lot of stuff going on. Love the knife making side, but definitely want to tell your side of the story, like where you're based out of, a little bit of your background and how you got here today. Yeah, definitely. Jeez, I don't even know where to start. So... I'm based out of New Hampshire. I was born and raised here. What part I started of New Hampshire? The Keene area. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I have, my wife grew up in um, in Bethlehem, New Hampshire, way up north in God's oh. country, as they say. But um, but I go up there. We love we love New Hampshire. Spent a lot of time up there. Nice. Yeah, I love it here. Live for your die. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But yeah, I mean, I was I was born and raised here. I started making knives back in probably 2000. 12 2014 so i started off by doing knife reviews on youtube and then i kind of just fell in love with it and i was like you know if i want to be reviewing other people's products i really should know how to do this myself so i sold my gun in my knife collection and i just i taught myself how to forge and yeah the rest is pretty much history from there <laughs> wow. wow wow okay so then that's the knife side of things obviously which is is what we know we know you most for but tell us a little bit of like what's that's opened up it seems like a lot of doors for you in different avenues and gotten you into a bunch of different things tell us a little bit about yeah. that yeah definitely so i've always been like the crazy kid that was running around the woods naked um 
I was always like naked, but I had my cowgirl boots on playing out in the brooks and, you know, doing stuff like that and just being outdoorsy. Um, I grew up hunting. My dad, you know, used to take me out all the time. So I've always been really outdoorsy. I actually got into competition shooting, uh, when I was in like middle school. So I did that for a long time. And then yeah, naked and afraid reached out to me. Geez, probably like back in 2015. And I, I honestly thought it was a joke and I was like, yeah, whatever. Just kept brushing it off. And then, uh, finally after a couple of times of them asking, I was like, yeah, let's see what happens. And next thing I knew I was on a plane heading to Columbia to go survive in the jungles. So <laughs> I've done three challenges now, possibly four. <laughs> I'll have to you guys posted on the, the latest one, but yeah, so right. I've done three now. I did 21 days in Colombia, 40 days in South Africa. And then I was supposed to do 60 days in Peru, but uh, that one was a tough one. So. Wow. Wow. Okay. Dude, <laughs> that is absolutely insane. Actually, it was kind of funny. It resonated with me. I mean, my little boy is just running around half the time in his underwear out in the woods. So it was made me smile when I, when I heard that, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> how do you prepare for something like that? I mean, I know that like, survivalist training survival stuff up in new england is pretty i mean we have a lot of food we have a lot of water we have a lot of different resources around here but like how do you prepare going to a different country for something like that yeah i mean honestly you just you need to know the basics which i feel like if you can survive in new england you can survive just about anywhere but honestly the biggest thing i do to prep for these challenges is i just gain a lot of weight (laughs) got it yeah, I just I fatten up. So I eat a lot of like McFlurries and cheeseburgers and pizza. That's my favorite part of the training. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Sign me up. The training is already complete. Awesome. Awesome. So tell us a little bit more about the the knife business. So you 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 know, you sold your gun and knife collection, and then you obviously probably bought like a small forge. Did you go to a class and, and learn how to forge or Nope. Everything was just, I watched a lot of YouTube tutorial videos and then I just, I taught myself just all trial and error. I had a couple of mentors, Alan Fultz, Ken Onion. They're all designers for CRKT. Yeah. And I just, I called them a lot of times late at night, like, Hey, how do you heat treat this? Or am I doing this right? Or so yeah, just basically all trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. Actually Ken Onion kind of resonates with me. I got a Ken Onion knife around here somewhere. But uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that was, that's cool what they did uh, there. CRKT does like a huge knife smith collaboration. So it's like a whole bunch of different knife makers that make up their product offering, which was pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of the people that were kind of mentors of mine are all, I mean, CRKT was a huge staple in, you know, getting me started in the knife community too, because they were, you know, one of the first companies to reach out and be like, hey, we'd love for you to review our products. And then I kind of got involved with like, some of the makers and and artists and stuff with them and they're a great company. Is that your goal? I mean, do you already have a CRKT knife or is that your goal to, to have a signature knife with a brand or are you just more of a custom made for the customer one-off stuff? Yeah. So I have some things in the works that I can't really talk about right now, but that's um, fine. That's fine. Yeah. (laughs) CRKT is, it's been a goal of mine to get in with them for many, many years. So I have some exciting stuff going on with them and hopefully I'll be able to talk about it in a couple months here. All right. Well, stay tuned for that one. (laughs) That's super, super cool. Yeah. And I mean, that's really like the end game is to be able to have, you know, a couple of different designs in with different companies and, and get to that point. So 
I have a design that was just released with Civivi knives, um, my P87 model, which was really cool. I'm excited about that. And I did like a run with uh, Pull Force knives. Um, they're out of Germany. So that was kind of cool. But yeah, just learning every day and growing and yeah. So uh, actually, I, I do want to get a little deeper into that. So you would essentially design the knife and then somebody would replicate it for you or would you continue to make knives and then that would be the collection? So each one would kind of be its own its own individual thing, but uh, you can have it in a series or what have you. Are you physically making all of the knives or would somebody else manufacture your prototype or whatever? With different companies, they'll manufacture and distribute all of them. And then I can still do my custom models. So I'm still, I'm still making them, but it's more of the custom side of things. And then they'll obviously like mass produce them as well. And then they can sell them at a cheaper price, but I can still sell my customs at, at a higher price. Got it. Yeah. So as I think about like your brand, so obviously it's, it's your namesake where you create your own custom knives and sell those, but then the thought there is leveraging the power that you've built through your own personal brand to be able to lend that to knives from under another brand of knife, but with your namesake attached to it, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's a way for the customer to be able to buy something at a cheaper cost too. Cause obviously you guys know, you know, custom work is not cheap. So yeah, it's, it's a way for them to be able to, you know, afford something that is a little bit cheaper. Awesome. awesome. So what is one thing now you wish you knew, uh, when you first started back, you know, toying around with bladesmithing, figuring out who would be the best mentor. I'm sure people probably led you down the wrong path. And then you made your fair share of mistakes. What would you tell a younger version of yourself, something that you you know now that you wish you knew then? Oh, that's such a good question. That's so, so hard to answer. There's a lot of things, but I think the biggest thing, and this is probably silly, but just to walk away when you're having a bad day, <laughs> that's probably my biggest thing I learned because I spent a lot of time out in the shop where I've just, I've been having an awful day and messing something up and I just kept going and if I had just put it down, I would have probably saved myself so much time and money. <laughs> yeah. Now with forging and bladesmithing, is that one of those things that like, if you make a mistake, you can continue to use the same material. You just have to, you know, pound it back together and then reshape it. Or is it something that you should just like stop, grab another piece of metal and you've gone down the path of trying to repair something when you should have just started over again? Yeah. What's that? Uh, what's that saying? It's like, there's no such thing as a bad knife, just a, a smaller knife or something like that. <laughs> I love that. I'm like, yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can, you can repurpose a lot of things, but yeah, it just gets smaller and smaller each time. So <laughs> Got it. yeah, I like doing, so I love um, repurposing different things. So I'll do a lot of things out of like lawnmower blades or farrier rests. Um, I don't know if you guys are fans of like the Boston Bruins, but I did some knives for them and they gave me like their old skate blades. And then I forged those into some knives for the team. I had a guy that was over in Iraq and his leg got blown up and he had like a metal rod that was inserted in there. And when he finally got it taken out, he still wanted to keep it. So he sent it to me and had me make a knife out of it. So I mean, I I like doing crazy things like that. (laughs) That's, that's super cool. I bet you it's super nerve wracking too, because you have like, especially with the metal rod, you have one shot here. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. like, maybe you can ask the Bruins for a couple more skate blades, but like, yeah, uh, exactly. But I definitely can't mess that one up. So, <laughs> and it <laughs> came out. Well, yeah. Yeah. It looked awesome. I was pretty psyched on it. That's pretty cool. 
So what is it? What does a day in the life look like for you? Like, like getting up in the morning, what do you, are you answering emails, processing orders, or are you right into the shop, just grinding away? And then all the other stuff kind of ends at the end or comes at the end of the day. Oh man. I mean, honestly, every day is an adventure for me. So it's not good when I get bored. So if I spend too much time out in the shop, which I, I tend to do, I basically live out here. I'll just go out and wander into the woods until I find something. <laughs> I like to, uh, my favorite hobby is to break into abandoned insane asylums. <laughs> That's interesting. So, wow. so I like to do that on the weekends. Yeah. But I mean, a day in, in the life. Yeah. I, I basically, I, I wake up, I come out, answer some emails. I spend most of the day on the shop and, uh, I'll hit the gym and it's just, I, I spend a lot of time out here. Dude. I love it though. It's like, it's like my second home. So I'll tell you what, <laughs> New England has some of the creepiest old hospitals and they it, really it, do. I mean, it's it, like, I am a hundred percent. Not for me. I won't even go near them. Like I've seen too many really? all done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's my favorite yeah. thing to do. I said, I don't need to find out. I mean, if there's something there, I don't want to find it. I'm good. <laughs> no way. It's awesome. I actually got locked into an insane asylum in uh, Massachusetts. So this place was like Fort Knox. It was so hard to get into. And I somehow found a way in. Next thing I know, I, I hear this noise and I'm like, what is that? The security guard saw that one of the, the doors was down and ended up boarding me inside. And I was like, oh man, this is going to be a long day. <laughs> wow. I mean, you can't stop there. How'd you get out? Uh, I had to kick down the door. <laughs> That's all right. We won't name the place. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't name the name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's, it was fun. Wild. I so, feel like I can't be the only person who does this. <laughs> no, you know what? I mean, there's there's a lot of the hikers and and explorers. I talked to a few folks, and they like going, and, and it's more so like just abandoned buildings in, in general. And, exactly. and um, I mean, but for just like the regular person, I mean, how many times do you go to like the historic forts uh, and, and explore around there? So I mean, I could absolutely see the the love and the passion for it. It's just how, to what extreme would you take it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I I love it. I love finding new places and exploring and just hiking out into the woods and getting lost. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> If a listener out there wanted to get into your trade or, or and craft, you know, what would you tell them? Would you tell them to go work for a place like CRKT and learn, you know, machine work and stuff like that? Or would you tell them, hey, hit the books, hit YouTube, you know, learn as much as you can and then just do it? Like, how, how would that work? Yeah, definitely. Um, I tell everybody to follow your dreams, you know, like life is too short. If you want to do something, just do it, you know, and then throw yourself into it as much as you can. Be passionate about it and just learn everything you can and just trial and error. You know, you're, you're not going to get better if you don't practice. So put yourself out there and, you know, don't be afraid to ask people for help. The one thing that I, I love about the knife community is it's like one big family, honestly. I mean, I, I feel like I could reach out to just about anybody and everyone's, you know, so eager to help and teach you. So I love that. It's, I've had a lot of people that have been, you know, more, more than helpful and that have taught me a lot of things. So yeah, don't be afraid to ask people for help and just try your best. <laughs> That's all you can do. Super valuable, super cool. So um, when you were on the show, Naked and Afraid, I have to ask, did you bring your own knife? Did you make a specific knife for the show? What is that style knife and, and, and is a good survival knife? Yeah, definitely. So I made a knife for every single one of my challenges. Um, it varied depending on the location that I was going to. So in Columbia... 
and in Africa. I made kind of like a machete style knife. I wish that I had a bigger knife when I was out in uh, in Africa. Um, there was just lot, lots of thorns out there and it was hard to cut things down. So, yeah. but yeah, it just uh, depends on the location, really. How is it to travel with it? <laughs> <laughs> Columbia was awful because I got a, uh, sorry if that's loud. I'm hiding outside in my truck, so. <laughs> no, that's a, that's the best place to take a podcast episode. I mean, like, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've done it. I've done it before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's way too loud in my shop. So, Columbia, um, they actually lost my luggage, so they lost my knife, and I was so bummed because that that thing came out pretty damn good. And they were like, "Well, we're probably just gonna have to buy something off the street." And I was like, "No, we gotta find this." <laughs> so thankfully, after like a week, they they finally recovered it. But yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> that's, that's insane. Yeah, and then at the end of each challenge, too, I'll usually give my knife to like one of the people in production or like one of the the people out there on this. Uh, one of the last challenges that I did, I brought a bow out with me, and I ended up giving it to like one of the guides out there, and. And he was pretty pumped on it. So yeah. So my father had a family heirloom knife, and I'm still pissed at him. He went down to he went down to Mexico, and uh, he was he was working with villagers down there, and they were farming and doing all sorts of stuff. And he ended up just like giving the knife away. And I'm like, Dad, I can't believe you gave the knife away. And he's like, They needed it more than you ever need it. And I'm like, Yeah, it's really hard to be mad at you right now. Yeah. Exactly. Like, oh, that's, that's super cool. That's awesome that you did that. That's amazing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm looking at your site right now because we're probably going to need to get one of your knives at some point. And um, so how does it work? Obviously, it looks like you, you've got a bunch sold out, which is a good problem to have. Do you <laughs> continue to make them for, for your site or is it more you like to do them custom? People reach out to you and you work with them or a mix of both or how, how does kind of, how do you do that? Yeah, I mean, honestly, at this point, I kind of just like making you know, whatever I feel like making and then I'll post it up. And if somebody wants to buy it, then that's great. I do like doing custom work, but it's a lot of work. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, I I just like to, whatever I feel like creating that day, if I want to make like a big machete, then I'll do that and and post it up. And if I feel like making a folder, I'll make a folder or an ax or, you know, just whatever I feel like making that day. What's like the longest it's ever take, like the most time you've put into a knife and then like, what's kind of like standard, you know, are you able to like, get one done in a full working day? Do these take, you know, weeks, months, like give us a sense on that. Obviously, depending on how much detail is going to go into it, but yep. and I've worked on, I've worked on a, a couple of knives for like a month or two. Yeah. Especially when you're doing like really detail oriented things, but I can do a knife in a, in a day. So I actually teach kids. Um, I'll do like kids classes and we'll, we'll bust out a knife and you know, from like 11 to four. So we can definitely make a knife in a day. Yeah. But if you guys are close by, you guys should just come out and make one. Yep. I was already thinking that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are always more than welcome. Oh, that would be awesome. Maybe. Yeah. That would be a blast. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. You just let me know. No, that'll be cool. One of the last things that we, we kind of ask is, uh, you know, obviously you talk about, you know, going out and exploring, but outside of that, what do you like doing outside of everything when the day's done? Is it, is it really just going out into the woods and unwinding or, you know, is there more to Kayla in after work? Any, any unique hobbies or things that you're like, I uh, like, you know, to do X, Y, and Z that that's unrelated to your quote unquote day job, I guess. 
Oh man. I mean, anything that kind of gets my blood flowing, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I like doing like indoor skydiving. Um, I love being outdoors. I, uh, I love doing archery shooting. I mean, I guess that all goes hand in hand with like my, my brand or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I mean, just anything that, uh, anything that's outdoorsy basically. Um, I do, I take care of my mom. Um, she has dementia, so I spend a lot of time taking care of her. I have a 15 year old daughter, so she's my best friend and I do everything with her. We're always together. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot more to me. It's just, it's hard to, uh, hard to explain, I guess how much time you guys got, you know? Yeah. My mother-in-law has, um, has, has Alzheimer's and, and she spends quite a, has spent quite a bit of time to, and I've seen what, what, uh, yeah. how difficult that can be and, and challenging. Um, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely, it's, it's hard. My mom was always a very like strong, independent woman. It's just, it's, it's hard to see somebody just kind of deteriorate in front of you like that. So but I just, I, I try to make the most out of it and, you know, spend as much time with her as I can. And yeah, yeah that's all you can do, you know? Yep. Yep. It sounds like you had a good mix of family as well as balancing kind of your work and your brand and all the, all the wild stuff you've got going on. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it's all about. You know, just trying to balance everything out. Has your daughter taken a liking to what you do or is it, it's not for her? Uh, She actually loves it. So at first she was kind of in that little girly girl phase, but now she's more of a, she's more of like the tomboy phase where she, she wants to be outdoors with me and yeah, she she loves being out in the shop. She's always like, "Can I come out and help?" I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely. I love it." <laughs> that's that's awesome. That's special. Oh but, yeah. Do you guys have kids? Yeah, yeah. Actually, both of us do. Mine are a yeah. little bit older. Uh, I got six and eight year old. Uh, the girl nice. being the oldest, and she is in a tomboy phase as well. She's dirty, muddy, everything. I love it. They yeah. definitely go through different phases. So. My daughter Bailey was like that where like she would always be outdoors playing in the mud and shooting her bow and she'd always want to shoot guns and stuff. And then when she started, I think it was like eighth grade, she was kind of wanted to wear dresses and loved pink and like all of that stuff. And now now she's back to the tomboy phase. And I'm like, I like this phase. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> That's great. Do so your kids like doing all kinds of stuff like that too, where they're outdoorsy and yeah, I mean we're we're on a farm up here. That's kind of what we were trying to embody was was the whole outdoor sustainable, really just getting back to the roots. And at first they were a little hesitant because I mean coming from where we were, it's a completely different lifestyle, but yeah, now they're out there just I mean Luke's barefoot in socks running around with a rifle in his hand. Uh, yes, I love it. His little BB <laughs> gun that we uh, we can't put BBs in it because every window in the house would be shot out. So, uh, but he just <laughs> runs around, you know, climbing trees, pretending he's he's whatever the day is. And my dog, we just bought her a, a small metal detector, and she's a little explorer out in the pastures trying to find treasure. All she finds is nails. Yes. Oh, that's so awesome. I love it. My yeah. daughter and I will go out metal detecting and stuff, too. Um, we actually went to, I think it was in Bennington. Like, So we did the, the Battle of Bennington, and we did some metal detecting and stuff out there. And I found some old axe heads. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Oh, wow. oh, I got to restore these. Yeah, it was so cool. But yeah, we, we love metal detecting, too. It's fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, hours to pick up a pretty much a box full of nails. So I, I need that. Like, <laughs> I need that. Like, 
you know, verification that there's something out there. So I might get out there yeah. looking for accents, but I'll probably still find just that. <laughs> just find some nails. Yeah. <laughs> it's, to- it's totally worth it though. It definitely kills some time. So <laughs> something to do, you know, we're pretty much at the end of the show, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to plug anything to say, uh, where people can find you, what, you know, what social media outlet, what website, um, even audiobooks, other podcasts. So, uh, the floor is yours for how they can find Kayla and, and get to know more about you and knife making. Cool. Awesome. If you want to see more of my stuff, you can follow me on Instagram. It's just at Kayla Cummings, my YouTube channel. I do knife reviews and stuff still. Um, and I'll do like some little knife shop tutorials. Um, also just my name, Kayla Cummings. Um, I'm on Facebook and my website is just Kayla Cummings knives.com. That's pretty much it. <laughs> awesome. No, this has been great. It's great to connect. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, uh, followed your story from the knife side. My father-in-law who's a retired state trooper in New Hampshire was always telling me about, Hey, you seen that woman from New Hampshire that's on Naked and Afraid? He loves Naked and Afraid. He's watched like every single episode that's like ever come out. It's like his favorite show on TV. I love and- it. It's funny to connect the dots between the knife side that I knew about and the Nick and Afraid side through him. It's kind of kind of a small world. Yeah, that's too funny. I know a lot of people don't really know that I, I did the show. I don't promote it too much, but I was like, I should probably be better about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for having me on, guys. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Likewise, likewise. And remember, use the code BLADE10 on your next purchase of $60 or more.